0: Good morning. We're super excited you guys are here. We have a wonderful friend with us today, and I'll let Jenna introduce her in a few minutes. But I'm going to just touch on, I know you guys have been told, most of you by your leaders, our plan for next year. We're really, really excited about it. Woven together um, in the format it is now is actually going to morph into something really exciting. Um, We're going to create a special space at our weekly women's gathering here at River West Church called The River. Um, I'm sure most of you have heard of it. It's a Bible study that Mary Ann leads, um, and we have just been praying about it, honestly, for this entire year, just how to reach more women, how to provide a more regular gathering for moms with littles, just to really be in a season where you need support and love a lot more consistently than we have this year, just weekly. So we're going to create a space with team leads. So we'll have two leaders per group um, of younger moms or moms with littles. And so when you go online to sign up, you have the option to click the box on the registration, indicating that you'd like to be in one of those groups. So... Pray about it. Think about it. Registration opened last week, and um, it will stay open all through the summer. There's a $5 discount. I think it actually ends in the next couple weeks, but it's like $40. And child care is not child care. There is an incredible program called The Creek that goes along with the river. So downstairs, your kiddos are going to be learning the same things that you're learning upstairs, which is super cool. There's a whole dedicated team that teaches the kiddos downstairs, teaches lessons, our own Dana. Dirksen, who's a woven together leader, leads songs. She's a songwriter, so she writes songs specifically for the lessons. Um, If you were in the river this year, we got to listen to them sing, and Dana, in her incredibly beautiful voice, play um, the last week at the river, and it was just so incredible, and the kids were adorable, and it's just going to be an amazing program. All the way from infants, they're going to be prayed over, sung to, read scripture over, all the way up through five-year-olds. Or if you have older homeschool kids, there will be a room for them too. So it's going to be an amazing program for your kiddos to be a part of, get poured into while you are with other moms in the same stage of life. I know oftentimes there is a misconception that the river is so intense and that you can't go if you don't get your lesson done. And that is not our goal at all. Our goal is to Create a safe, loving space for moms with littles. And if you don't get your lesson done, we still want you to feel absolutely welcome to come and be there and just experience the peace and the calm, hopefully, that that hour and a half without your little with you can bring, whether or not you finish your lesson. So I'm personally really excited. I know our whole Woven Together leadership team is super excited, just how the Lord has really presented this opportunity. Um, We hear from many of the mamas in Woven Together that they just really crave being together and spending time with other women in the same stage of life, and so we're really excited about this. I will be doing the river myself. I will not be leading, but I'll be there, so I'll get to see you guys every week, because we all worship together at the beginning. So, I mean, if you want to hang out, I always want to hang out. So please sign up. You won't want to miss it because it's going to be awesome. Okay. That's all I have. Jenna's turn.
1: You know, the only thing I would add to that is that um, oftentimes women will ask me, okay, like the river sounds amazing. Woven sounds amazing but I can't do both. And I totally get that because I was there, right? Like as a mom with littles, I recognize that like doing both would have been a little too much for me. And I've never loved that. I've had to say, well, what's your greatest need woven with fellowship and like encouragement for your season of life. And then the river for an anchor in a season that is difficult where we need it desperately. And I never liked or felt comfortable with that answer because I was like, because really what I want to tell you is we desperately need all of those things. And so what I'm excited about, um, folding, you know, the, the care and love and encouragement of moms with littles into the river is that you won't have to choose anymore, which I think is really, 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 really wonderful. Um, and just to add to what Stace said in terms of like what that time will look like, it will be a little bit different than a traditional river group. Um, One of the things that we will add to is um, the conversation will look a little different. There'll be more fellowship time within that hour and a half. Um, There will also be the conversation will be focused on the like application questions. Um, Also, our teaching team, you know, I posed that I was like, you guys pose the best questions in the midst of your message just for chewing on and thinking about what if we knew those ahead of time so that we can incorporate those into our conversation with our moms of littles too. And they were absolutely excited to do that. So that'll look a little bit different. I'm just, I'm super excited, but definitely um, we want to make sure that each one of you find a space, right? As Woven Folds, we want to make sure um, that each one of you finds a space for fellowship for encouragement in the season of life, for encouragement in the word, in the person of Jesus, and in the scripture. So please let us know if you have any hesitations. Like, I would love to chat with you. Absolutely. What I can say, and I can personally testify to, is that um, I started the river. This will be, I think this is my 10th year. So I started the river when my daughter was, my oldest daughter was three months old because I desperately needed an anchor. Um, and I can say like, there were seasons where it was more difficult to get my lesson done than others for sure. But I will say, um, it, it was my best yes over the last 10 years, hands down to have, um, that closeness with the Lord, the word, the person of Jesus, the scripture and in community with other women. So, um, but definitely, if you have any questions, concerns or anything like that, please come talk to us. Come talk to Britt, come talk to me, Stace. Um, Deanne, we would love to just share our experience with you and further like our heart for um, how we deeply desire to bring you in closer in this way. So um, also, Mother's Day is coming up on Sunday, so we wanted to take the opportunity to say Happy Mother's Day to each and every one of you. Um, You're incredible moms. We've had the joy and privilege of getting to know you, and we just want to say, like, we know it's hard, but it is good, and it is a joy to do it with you, so Happy Mother's Day. I hope you are blessed. Um, I recognize that Mother's Day doesn't always feel like fullness of joy for some um, so I recognize that that we not just have mothers, but we have mother figures, lots of mother figures in our life. I know that's true for me as well. Um, and so I would love to just pray and give thanks for those mother figures in our lives. Um, I also recognize that some may have lost moms or mother figures and so that this day, comes with grief or feelings of loss. And so, um, we recognize that as well. And so I'd love to just pray and give thanks for each one of you, um, for the love and care that you pour into your littles and into your families and your communities, um, and nieces and nephews and all those little people that you, you pour into. And so Lord, thank you so much for a day set aside to celebrate motherhood to celebrate motherhood biologically, but also that we are called into um, being mother figures to often more than just our own children. And we have those women who have poured into us who may not have been birth moms. So Lord, I just pray and give thanks for each one of those people who you brought into our lives, who've been a source of comfort nour- <laughs> nourishing um, love care um, Support, comfort, God, that you brought those people into our lives um, who've just been a joy for us. So we pray that you would bless them. I pray for each mom here and those that couldn't be with us this morning. Lord, I pray that they would be blessed, that they would be blessed in knowing that every difficult day, every dirty diaper which we will talk about, every uh sacrifice um that some come easy, some come harder, but everyone is worth it. Um Lord, because you see. You see every offering that we give as unto you to those that you've entrusted to us. And so Lord, I pray that you would bless each mom that she would know just how much you see her, just how much you love her, and just how much she is loved by those that she um, cares for. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you show us the way, um, that you don't leave us alone to figure out how to be a mom, but you actually speak to how to train a child up in the way they should go so that when they're old, they won't depart from it. I ask for continued wisdom and endurance and strength and the love, the kind of love that comes not from ourselves, but that overflows from you to those that we care for, Lord, that you'd fill us up. Give us all wisdom for what it looks like to love these kiddos and you've entrusted them to us that we would entrust them back to you. And so help us to do that. That's not always easy. and so. We love you, Jesus. We love each one of these moms. Would they be so abundantly blessed um, this Sunday, but really every day? Would they just know and experience just how much you love them and care for them? And it's in your name I pray. Amen. All right, so it's like my absolute joy to invite a dear, dear, dear friend of mine, Kelly Dixon, um, to come share with us this morning. When we were talking about you know, who would, who would our moms be so blessed to hear from? She was literally the first person that popped in my mind. And it's from very personal experience. This is a woman I absolutely dearly love. She's one of those people who asks me the hard questions, (laughs) who listens deeply so that she knows me deeply and knows what questions to ask. Um, She deeply loves women. She has a passion for Women encountering the person of Jesus, um, and in the scripture, she's got a passion for His word that is contagious to me um, and to those around her. So she, I also got the joy of witnessing her ordination service um, to the Presbyterian Church, and um, it's where she got to baptize three of her kiddos, all three of her kiddos, and it was like just the sweetest treasure to be able to witness. But. Um, Well, I welcome you up here, dear friend. So I just, I know that you guys will enjoy her just as much as I do. And um, just know that she's speaking from a place of being where you're at. And that is like the sweetest gift. So.
2: I'm afraid of microphones these days. I'll tell you afterwards why. <laughs> I shared with the leadership team a real situation that happened to me this weekend while I was preaching, so um, just make sure your mic is off if you don't want, you know, your singing voice to be heard. All right, well, so today I, um, as Jenna and I were talking about, gosh, what should we, you know, what is the Lord placing on my heart, Um, what do mamas need to hear? Um, Just as a little bit of background, so I've got three kiddos. I have Isaac, who is 12. He's in middle school um, in sixth grade, which feels crazy to me because I feel like I had a colicky baby just not that long ago, Um, and now he's like hairy and stinky and just, you know, it's weird. Um, And then I have Kaylin, who is 10. And she in my belly was my quiet companion, and she is completely the same. Like it's so weird how their personalities are the same, and you know when they're in your belly, and then um, and then as they grow, and she just loves to be with me. If I go to the grocery store, she just wants to come. She doesn't have a whole lot to say, but she's my little artistic one. So she's always making paintings, and you know, art for kids hub is her favorite thing. You know, if any of your kids are into that. Um, So she's my little artist. And then I have Ainsley, who is five. So she's in pre-K, and she's the kid who I think three times has cut her own hair. Um, She is typically the one when the teacher is standing at the door kind of giving this look. I know she's going to have a talk with me because Ainsley's the one who just doesn't have a filter, kind of says whatever she wants, and um, gosh, I think... I I just, I imagine that if I am going to die someday, it's because she's going to be like standing over my bed. I don't know. She just, she's, (laughs) she's wonderful and crazy all at the same time. Um, So as I was thinking about what, what would be needed today, um, that theme of shame, mom shame and guilt kept kind of rising up for me. And so let me give a little bit of background to that. And then we're going to, the way we're going to do this today is you're going to have to do a lot of talking. So I prefer to teach when we go back and forth. I think it's just, it's more fun for you. It's more fun for me. I love to hear your voices. So I'll do a little bit and then I'm going to ask you questions. So today is not the day for you to feel like you get to be quiet because I want to hear your voices. So, all right. So mom guilt, mom shame. Why did this theme come up? So little window into my week last week. Last Monday, I, was, I had just picked Ainsley up from preschool and was driving home, and she goes, Mommy, you forgot to bring snacks today to school. And I was like, no, Ainsley, we brought snacks five days ago. There's 19 kids in her class. We're scheduled once a month. No, Mommy, my teacher said that you were supposed to bring snacks today, and you didn't. Okay, and she's so strong-willed that I know where I'm not going to win an argument. So I just said, okay, let me check the snack schedule when we get home. Mommy's driving right now, so I can't check it. So I get home, and she's right. I miss the snacks so her whole class went without snacks and I immediately just mortified I texted her teacher and I'm like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I'm so sorry does that sound familiar do you does anybody else here apologize too much because I do um so and her teacher said that's okay you can just make it up to us by bringing some extra snacks tomorrow and I was like shame on you you know it was like this little like just bring extra snacks um and then you know, later that day, about an hour later, I got in the car and I, um, I was wrapping up. I had my final class. I teach a class at University of Portland um, on, it's just so dear. It's with this, the nursing students. And so they have this required theology class called um, the Theology of Suffering and Grief. So they have to kind of process suffering and grief. And I get to do that with them, which is really fun. So I was on my last, you know, my last drive to my last class and had finished grading all of my last papers, and my husband texts and said, do you have my car keys in your car? I did. So therefore, I couldn't. my daughter couldn't go to her very first pitching clinic, my son had to be late to something else. So all of a sudden, this pile of mom guilt, I forgot the snacks, I brought the car keys in the car, I totally, my daughter's gonna miss her softball because of me, and they're all stupid things, they're just stupid things. But I have probably one million stories where I took on shame or guilt or felt bad about something because of all of the things I'm required to do and I dropped one or two balls. We as moms are expected to be all the things and do all the things and we aren't allowed to mess up. We aren't allowed to forget things. That's what our culture tells us, right? Be all the things. Be beautiful. Take a picture and put an Instagram filter on it, but make it look like it doesn't have a filter on it so that you look really beautiful, but it's kind of tweaked a little bit. Or make sure that you have all the in-style clothes. I will never be that mom. Make sure you have all the in-style clothes. Make sure that you are the PTA mom. Make sure that you are the soccer mom. Have all the snacks. Have all the things. It's too much pressure. It's too much. So. This, and I cannot tell you, I think almost every single day when I have conversations with other mamas, I hear the same thing. I feel so, I'm caring so much. I feel like I'm messing up. I feel like I can't hold it all together. I feel like I have too many balls in the air. I feel like there's too much that's expected of me. And so today, what I want to do is return us to what Jesus says to us in the midst of all the voices that are invading and telling us what we're supposed to be more of and do more of and hold more of because I don't believe that our God expects any of those things. So I would love to hear from you. What are some of the examples of spoken or unspoken expectations that mamas have? Just and it's Mother's Day weekend, so just let me have it. I want to hear some of them. What's that? Clean house, house, yes. And don't let people in if it's not clean, right? And do we apologize? I'm sorry, I haven't cleaned my house yet, when your friend comes over. What else? What are expectations? What are things you can even be like, well, I'm just talking for a friend. Doesn't have to be your own. What's that? Good cooking, yes. Supposed to be like the Joanna Gaines, right? Your kids look cute. Your kids look cute. How many times have you tried to take a picture of your kids and be like, smile, smile. It's like, why do we do that, you know? Yeah, and you have like your yoga pants on and your hair is like this, and it's like, but my kids are beautiful. Okay, what else? What are other expectations of mamas? What's that? Kind. Kind. Look them in the eye. Smile. Mm Mm-hmm, good. What else? Yes, you have to sign up for all of the, go to this auction, go to this fundraiser, make sure you're helping in the class, homeschool your children, don't homeschool your children, but if you're not homeschooling your children, make sure that you're doing all of their homework with them, and don't send them to private school, do send them to private, school. I mean, it's like all of the ways that we're supposed to be involved, what else, one or two more. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Jenna. Yes. She said it after all that, be ready for intimacy because you know, once the kids are finally in bed and you're like, I made it. Then your husband's like, Hey, (laughs) looking good. I saw a hand back here. And you don't have to, by the way. Yes, I, and I forgot to say that at the beginning. I said this at anytime I teach or preach, I want to make sure I... That when kids make noises in worship, it's worship, right? Because kids are welcome to worship. So you do not have to keep your kids quiet. So bring it on. We love it. But yes, the, the expectation of the feeling that kids have to behave themselves in all places, in restaurants, in worship services, anywhere where adults are, make sure that kids aren't seen but not heard, Right all of those things. So what I'd love for you to do now is we're going to move it into a little bit deeper of a conversation, but I know that this probably isn't comfortable doing it in the large group. So in groups of four or five, your first question on your small group question. So I'm going to pop back and forth. Um, So first question on your small group is in groups of four or five, share an example of a recent time that you felt like you weren't enough, you couldn't measure up, or you couldn't stop shooting on yourself. What emotions come up for you as you share? So what we're trying to do is we're, we're trying to start paying attention to how we feel, even as we share it, because paying attention is a very important spiritual practice, okay? So what are, what do you notice? What does your body do as you're sharing? So just take, we're just going to take a couple minutes, share with your group, and then we'll come back and I'm going to dive into a scripture passage for us. So discuss. All right feels like it's quieting down in the room. So we'll move, we'll keep going, but don't worry, you're going to have a lot more opportunities. So at the very end, you'll have a bit longer to talk in your groups, but I am going to keep doing this back and forth. So thank you for being so good at participating. Um, So, you know, the truth is we are never going to be enough. In the end, the message from our culture and our world is do everything better. So even when we are good at cooking, even when we are homeschooling our kids, or we send them to a really great charter school, or a really top-notch public school, even when we have kids that smile in all the pictures, and even when we're at the weight that we wanna be, we're always going to feel like we need to do better. Because that's the message that the world has. And what I, as I was driving here, I was, I was just asking the Lord. I'm like, Lord, if if I could put it in one sentence, what do you want me to communicate to your women? And I just sensed Jesus saying, they are loved, loved, loved. That's it. You are loved. So what we tend to do is we look to Instagram, we look to Facebook, we look to our friends for affirmations for who we are. And what I want to do today is redirect our attention to the words of scripture and what does Jesus say? So um, one of the things that in my, so I'm a Presbyterian pastor. And one of the things in my tradition that we do is we follow the church calendar. Um, And what that means is so in Lent, or let's go back to Advent. Advent is one of my favorite seasons. Advent is the season during, that kind of leads up to Christmas. And so in Advent, I love slowly the light coming toward us. You know that. I love sitting in that. In Lent, I love watching the light extinguish as we move toward the cross and practicing that. I also love the lectionary. Has anybody ever heard of the term lectionary or familiar with that term? Okay. Oh, there's one back there. Um, So what the Lectionary is, is it's basically, um, it's a set uh, list of scripture passages that the global church, so Christians all over the world can follow. And so often in more denominational churches they'll preach off of the lectionary, which is if you do it for three years, you pretty much go through the entire Bible. The lectionary follows the church calendar. So I'm telling you this all for the reason of the passage that I want to reflect on with you today is a passage that was from this past Sunday. Now, what did we just finish? Two weeks ago was Easter. So the church calendar tells us that we're kind of, all the passages focus on what comes immediately after Easter, which is the risen Christ revealing himself to believers, right? So this, um, this passage, one of the things that we do to gain our identity and to remember who we are, and more importantly, whose we are, is to read scripture and imagine yourself in there. Imagine Jesus interacting with you. Imagine what it smelled like, imagine what it looked like, imagine what it sounded like. So if we can, as I read this passage, I want us to climb into it because as we learn to sit in scripture, especially scripture passages where Jesus is interacting with people, we get to understand the character and heart of Jesus. So the passage that I've selected for today is the passage where um, the risen Jesus, this is now the third time that he's appeared to his followers after resurrection, and they've returned to their old way of life. Okay. So it's a bit of a longer passage. So just, we don't get a lot of time to sit quietly. So just enjoy it as I read it to you. Um, It's 19 verses. So just hang in there, take a deep breath. I'm going to pray over us before we go into this passage. Um, And I really want you to try and listen with the eyes of your heart. So pay attention to words or phrases that stand out to you. Try and imagine what Jesus' face looks like as he's engaging with Peter. This is the scene where he gets to interact with Peter, who denied him and told— Peter was one of his best friends. And Peter, at the moment, one of the most important times, right before um, Jesus was crucified, Peter said, I I don't know that guy, because he was afraid. He was afraid of what other people would think of him, and he was afraid that he might be killed himself. So Jesus comes back and he engages with Peter. So I want you to, with the eyes of your heart, listen, okay? So let me pray for us before we read this passage. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. We know that your word is living and active and sharper than a double-edged sword. So we pray that you will penetrate our hearts and our minds as we listen to your word. Help us to encounter the living word. As we listen to these words, help us to hear the way that you love your people. Help us to hear the affirming words that contradict the language of our culture, that we are never enough. Holy Spirit, speak. Your servants are listening. Amen. All right. So this is John 21, 1 through 19 But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, do you have any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right of the boat and you'll find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say it's the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. It's very specific. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took bread and gave it to them. And did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon... Jesus said, Feed my sheep. I'm gonna end it there. So what what do you notice? Anything come up? Any words, phrases, anything interesting stand out to you in this passage? What did you notice about Jesus? What was the very first thing Jesus did when the disciples got to shore? What did he say? Come have breakfast. Okay. So what is important to notice about that is that Jesus cares about our bodies. He wanted to make sure that before he addressed anything else, he fed them and that their bodies mattered. Right? So our bodies are not disconnected from our souls. So Jesus nourishes us from the very top level and then all the way down. So second thing, did you catch the detail about that charcoal fire? Did anybody notice that in there? Okay, so there's only two places in the book of John where that charcoal fire phrase is used. Um, The other place is when Peter denied Jesus. He was standing in front of a charcoal fire. Can you name, and I would love for you just for a moment, um, we'll take a break and and just, you'll take like 60 seconds. Name how, if there is a smell in your life that triggers a memory. Okay, so if you can think this smell. So for, for me, I anytime I smell a certain perfume, I think of my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Gross. So smell and memory. I know it's, but it actually was a good smell perfume. So that sounds weird, but it's like so instinct, like there's Mrs. Gross. Where's Mrs. Gross? So just with each other, just when have you noticed a smell that is connected to a memory for you? Discuss for a moment and then we'll come back. All right. I would love to hear a couple examples. What are When have you, or what is a smell that immediately triggers a memory for you? I heard you talking, so you have to share. And what does it remind you of? Dad. Dad. Love that. What else? Yes, and it brings you back to that place, right? I can totally remember just the smell of summer in my town growing up. What else? Any that, and you don't have to share this if you don't want to, but any uh, smells that trigger a hard memory. Think about that. So what I love about Jesus in this passage is I believe this is super intentional. I believe that Jesus showed up where the disciples were, they returned to their old way of living because they didn't know what to do with themselves. Now that Jesus had risen from the dead, but they didn't see him very often. So I guess we'll just return to being a fisherman and there's a charcoal fire waiting and the smell of the charcoal. And he invites Peter to come have a talk with him. And the smell of the charcoal instantly triggers that shame. Oh my gosh. He's going to address this, isn't he? he's going to go there. And can you imagine your best friend and you betray your best friend and your best friend shows up and wants to talk about it? How would you feel? You'd probably want to crawl into a hole, right? So that is where we find. So we find the disciples in a place of disappointment, depression. They are returning their old way of life and they've realized we're actually not that good at this either. We were asked to fish for men. We're returning to fishing for fish. We don't do well at that either because we're totally failing. And then he comes to Peter and Peter is, sees Jesus and realizes, oh gosh, my friend that I betrayed. And not only does Jesus invite him to sit in that place, not because I think Jesus is trying to shame Peter. That is not who Jesus is, and it is not what Jesus does. But if you notice how tenderly Jesus comes next to Peter and invites him into that place, senses and all, and invites him to come and talk about it. And so then what does Jesus do? What is, what is the question pattern that Jesus keeps asking Peter? What's the question? Okay. Three times. Why does he do that? Do we think? Yes. So Jesus invites him so tenderly. First, he feeds him and makes sure his physical body is not exhausted because he's just been out all night working Feeds him and then gives him a chance to redeem what he has done wrong the exact same number of times that Peter denied him. Okay, so in addition to that, that word love seems so weird. Why does he ask him three times? What we don't get to see in our version is that Jesus says, Peter, the Greek language has lots of words for love, right? So we have one. We can say, I love hamburgers and I love my children, and we mean totally different things, but it's the same word. In the Greek, there are different words. So Jesus comes to Peter and says, Peter, do you agape me? Which is like the highest form of love. And Peter responds and says, you know, I phileo you, which is friendship love. And then Jesus says again, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter responds, Jesus, you know, I phileo you. Okay. I'm going to come down to your level. I'm going to meet you right where you're at. I'm going to meet you in the shame, I'm going to meet you in the guilt, and I'm going to ask you in your own words, do you phileo me? You know I phileo you. So what is so beautiful about this passage is Jesus meets us right where we're at, he brings us, he meets us in the heart of our shame, in the midst of our feeling not enough, feeling like we've blown it, and he doesn't ask us to be different, he just sits with us in it. And he comes to our level. And the invitation then is, what does Jesus say to him three times? Feed my... Feed my sheep, feed my lambs. So mamas, here is where we interact with this Jesus who knows us and loves us. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. And I keep blowing it. And I, I forgot the car keys. And I didn't do the snacks today. And I, I don't know if I'm schooling my kids in the right way. And I'm definitely not on PTA. And I have an extra 10 pounds that I'd really love to lose. And I feel like I can't keep up with these friends very well. I never return phone calls. I'm always in My kids are rude. Do you love me? Yes, I do. But I feel really, I just, I, my husband always wants to have sex in it. And I'm really tired. And I don't want anyone. Do you love me? Yeah, I do, but I'm just tired. Let me meet you right there. Where you are, as you are, I love you right there. I love you right as you are. And from that place of love, feed my sheep. Now go. Now get out of here and feed my sheep, only knowing that you are rooted in love and you are good as you are. Because we're never going to be able to keep up, right? We're never going to be able to keep up with the way that the world tells us to live But if we can live in the way that Jesus loves, if we can hear the voice, let me just pause for a second. I had the image of when I was teaching my daughter to swim a few summers ago, my five-year-old, this was when she was three. We were out floating in the lake and she had her um, floaties on, but she was even nervous to get off the raft. And they took her off the raft and I was in the water and I said, come to, come to mommy, come to mommy, just swim to mommy. And she was like, kept her eyes on me. And she slowly started swimming to me. And then a boat came by in the big waves and she panicked and she got really nervous. And she tried to swim back to her little raft. And I, I just said, Ainsley, look at mommy. Keep your eyes on mommy. That is what Jesus is, is inviting us to do in this passage. Keep your eyes on me. Listen to my voice. Follow my voice. Don't pay attention to the speedboat going by. Listen to my voice. Come to me. Do you love me? And I kind of love you. I'm like, maybe not the way you want me to love you. Do you love me? I mean, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. As you are, you are enough. Do you love me? Okay, I can hear your voice. Go feed my sheep now. So we can only parent out of exactly where we are from the voice of love. So I want you in your groups now to jump in and discuss. Um, and then we'll come back one more time. Um, Question number two, with the person next to you, imagine Jesus turning to you, looking you in the eyes and responding to your own often very loud voice of shame, guilt, and shoulds that you carry. What does Jesus say to you? So try to do this just with one or two other people. This shouldn't be a big group question. So if you can, for about five minutes, just um, talk with each other about that one. Maybe I'll give you, yeah, I'll give you 10 because that's a little bit more personal. Thank you for being willing to share with each other. I think the more that we are able to start paying attention to the voices that we hear, the lies that we believe, that make us think that we're not enough, the easier it will be to start shutting those voices down and paying attention to Jesus' voice. Have you ever said in your own life, I can't do this? Have you ever felt like an imposter, like someone saw something in you and they were probably wrong, they just saw, saw you on a good day, and you're really just an average person, you're not that special? Then you might relate to the disciples who felt like maybe Jesus was wrong, maybe when he called us to be fishers of men, he was just, he saw us on a good day and mm, he was wrong. We're imposters. Have you ever felt shame or embarrassment or like you failed and there's no recovering from it? Then you might relate to Peter, who felt like there was no coming back from that one. Have you ever had to return to a place that is difficult for you to return to? A place that stirs up memories from the past that you haven't quite sorted through yet? Then you also relate to Peter. Peter. And in each of those instances, in each of the feelings that we've just identified, the feelings of guilt or shame or not being enough or shoulds, how does Jesus respond to us? What is the invitation? First, let me nourish you. Let me feed you. Let me just take care of your top line, basic level needs. And then let's return to that place of pain the place where that smell triggered the memory, that place where you feel really embarrassed and you'd so much rather that stay hidden and in the dark. And let me just tenderly care for you in that. Let me sit with you. Rather than asking you to come out of it, let me sit with you in it. That's the invitation that Jesus does. He sits with us in the muck, in the places of shame, in the places of embarrassment, in the places of feeling like we're not enough. And he simply invites us to be who we are and where we are, and settle into his love. And only when we settle into his love are we sent out. So as we leave this room, let's remember that we are sent out loved, loved, loved. And that voice is the only voice that matters, right? And man, it's so hard because all the other voices seem really important. But the only voice that matters is the one that reminds us that we are loved, loved, loved. I want to, um, I put a, I think you all have one on your seats, and if not, they're sitting around the room. But there is this beautiful book. I know Jenna has it in her house. I saw it when I was dropping your girls off. Um, it's called Every Moment Holy, and it's a book of liturgy for everyday things. Um, and so I've, I asked Jenna if she'd be willing to print a liturgy for changing diapers. Um, and really what it is, is it's a reminder of, who we are in the midst of the way that we love kids, remember that that's the way that God loves us. So I'd love to read it for you. And then I'm going to send you into your small groups for the last bit of time. And in your small groups, you're going to have the last question, which um, really, this is where application comes into play. So your group as a group, since we've already discussed the other two, you're going to really just brainstorm together. What are the ways that we can start practicing this? Where did my third page go? Hang on. Lost my pages here. Give me a second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, so that third question is what you'll talk about. What is one practical way that you can begin noticing and releasing the shoulds that make you feel like you won't ever be enough? And get actual examples. So I, pu- I put a couple in there for you, but I want you as a group to brainstorm some actual practical ways that you can begin to quiet the voice and pay attention to the voice of Jesus. Because if we don't do that, we are going to be raising kids who are also only listening to the voice of others. Instead of the voice of Jesus, the one who brings life. And says that I have come so that you might have life and have it to the fullest. Instead, we're going to listen to the voice that says we're not enough. And our kids can't believe that either. There's no way. Um, I have this book that I'm reading right now that I, um, I love. that it just It's a reminder to return to scripture. So David Benner. Um, In his book, The Gift of Being Yourself, he says, listening to sermons and reading the Bible provide information about Jesus, but this is not the same as personal meeting of him in the events of life. Meditation ought to be a part of the prayer life of every Christian who seriously seeks to genuinely know God. The gospels, which is what we just read from, wonderfully um, provide wonderfully rich opportunities to meet Jesus once we learn how to use them in this manner, gospel meditation is gazing upon Christ. So that's why we read a gospel passage today. So when we think of how to tune our ears to hear the voice of Jesus, return to the gospels and pay attention to how Jesus treats people. Pay attention to the questions Jesus asks, the way that he engages with people who everybody else might label as not good enough or complete failures. So when you feel that way, return to the words of Jesus and sit with Jesus and look at Jesus and gaze on Jesus and ask, okay, Jesus, what do you have to say to me here? So that's what, that's one of the practicals. That's one of the ways that you can practice this. Okay. So I'm going to read this liturgy over you. And when you're done brainstorming practical ways of, um, Quieting the voice of the world and listening to the loving voice of Jesus, then I want you to just talk about this liturgy together and what came up for you. So let me read it over you as your blessing, and then I will close us in prayer and you can go into your groups. Liturgy for Changing Diapers, part two, there's two of them. Ah, Lord, what a mess we sometimes make of our lives. What a tragic comedy is even our most sincere attempt. To merit righteousness on our own. We're no more able to render ourselves holy than is this infant to keep itself unsoiled. I am as dependent upon your grace and your own righteousness, O Christ, to justify and make me clean as this little one is dependent upon me to wash the residue of filth from its skin wrapping it again in soft and freshly laundered garments. Let me not be frustrated by the constant repetition of this necessary act on behalf of a child. Rather, let the daily doing of this be a reminder to me of the constant cleansing and covering of my own sin, that I, helpless as this babe and more often in need, Enjoy in the active mercies of Christ. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. Remember that. Live out of that truth. Let me pray for us and then I'll send you into your small group time together. Jesus, as we sit with this passage over the course of the next week, I pray that you will just help us to hear your voice. And when we start noticing the little shames, the little guilts, the little things that we tell ourselves that we're not good enough, I pray that you will help by the power of your Holy Spirit to just name it and quiet that voice. So yet again, we can hear your voice saying, right this way, come this way, come to me. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. We're trying, Lord. We are so grateful that as we are is good enough because your grace covers us and we are loved. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. So discuss that question number three, and then just sit with the liturgy together and just talk about what comes up for you. Thank you. Enjoy your time together.